Many of those who lose their lives leave loved ones behind. Today, as usual, grief-stricken families, friends, and neighbors mourn the ones they've lost. It's always been like this. It never changes. The only difference here, in this city, is that it happens so frequently. Yeah, that's the only difference. Welcome to Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three dudes in their 30s talk about anime. And his table manners have always been somewhat spectacular. He's Josh. I am so spectacular with the table manners. The beautiful table manners. The the best table manners. Simply beautiful. Beautiful. Maga. Okay. Uh, Mungo, I think is how it's pronounced. Oh, 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 Mungo. (laughs) Mungo, sorry. (laughs) Those quiet types are the most emotional of all. That's Andy. (laughs) <laughs> this might be after the i mean this is going to come out after the election and i don't know what kind of emotions i'm feeling indifference i don't know yet this will come out two days after the election i have no idea are we gonna pull jonestown if things go south uh this could very well be our last episode <laughs> <laughs> i guess we'll find out and i guess i have a strange name for a guy who's all cool and calm i'm bill such a strange name <laughs> such a strange name yeah, yeah, Hi, yeah. guys. Yeah. Hi! So, <laughs> Hey, we're here. This is, this uh, is already to... gearing up to be silly. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> last time around, we reviewed episode two and three of Gungrave, and it was a spectacular mess to edit, but that's fine. Uh, I, As I told future Andy, don't freak out. And future Andy has yet to freak out, because future Andy at this point hasn't done the episode yet. So <laughs> I will continue to say, Good reason hey, to. future mm-hmm. Andy. Don't mm-hmm. freak out when you do the audio for episode two and three. But today, we're going to try it again. Uh, not episode two and three, but we're going to try to <laughs> double pack episode four and episode five. Boom, episode boom, four. One-two punch. One-two punch. Uh, I believe it's episode four is entitled Go. Mm-hmm. Yep. And episode five is titled Millennium. Mm-hmm. 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 But before we do that, we do a little thing around here called Nerd News. And I think I'll start today. And I'll make it brief. It's not about my underwear, though. Nintendo? Aww. It is Nintendo related. You're, you're so Shocked. wise. You're so wise. Uh, so the Pokemon Sword and Shield final, or not final necessarily, but the two, the second part DLC, the Crown Tundra came out this week as of recording. And I have been having an absolute blast. I took a Pokemon break from Pokemon Sword and Shield for a couple of weeks before the DLC. And uh, it includes over 120 Pokemon, previous Pokemon from old generations being brought back into the game, uh, including the ability to catch every single legendary Pokemon in the history of the Pokemon games. Uh, very, very exciting stuff. And you catch most of them through a brand new system called the Dynamax Raid, I think is what it's called, where essentially, hey, Bill, remember remember when you first watched the video for the new Pokemon? I think we we're heading out of town uh, together and to go to House on the Rock and... Mm-hmm. There's that whole idea of, like, the Pokemon get really big. Right, yeah. They go kaiju. 
Yeah, to go kaiju. So this is like you go underground into this like like tunnel system, and you have to fight like four different kaiju in a row. And at the end, you have to fight a legendary Pokemon kaiju uh, to be able to catch it. So you have to like essentially. It's four times as difficult because in a regular one of those you can only have a poke like four Pokemon faint before you before you defeat it. Now you have to beat four different ones and still only have four Pokemon faint across the entire thing. Uh, so it's very challenging. Uh, it's a lot of fun. That's all I've been doing is playing those Dynamax challenges so far in that. So it's it's a lot of fun. Hmm. Sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, speaking speaking of though. Um, in- Given that you you brought it up, uh, uh, Crown Tundra, do you know that uh, Pokemon Go, uh, in response to Crown Tundra, has released uh, Galar Farfetch'd and Galar Ponytas uh, as of this week? Yes, I did see the Galarian Ponyta. I didn't get a chance to catch one yet, but I did see one of them. Oh, what do they call those? The gym raid things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I- pretty cool. I- Actually, I'm, I, I just opened up Pokemon Go just, just for the heck of it, just right now. And there's a Sableye with a Litwick hat. That That's right. adorable! Holy cow, that's so cute! I want it. Yeah. I'm well, I'm catching it. it. I'm catching it. Fantastic. I still need to make three curved, three curved penises. Uh, nice throws in a row. And I hate when they do <laughs> that. But yeah. Oh, got it. I got it. You heard it here first, folks. Josh's penis is curved. And it's nice. And it's nice. It's- <laughs> That's just mine. Hey, uh, Bill, do you have any news this week? Uh, well, the Borat subsequent movie film <laughs> dropped this week. <laughs> it definitely did. With controversy? Well, yeah. I, I of mean, course. Yes. <laughs> because it's Sasha Baron Conan, and when it's his own projects, they are always controversial. A hundo percent. So what'd you think of it, Bill? I enjoyed it. Um, it wasn't quite as laugh-out-loud funny as the first one. In stark contrast to the way things feel, I think people have maybe gotten to be better people, and he wasn't able to elicit quite the terribleness out of, like, when he wasn't right in the middle of a Trump rally or something. Those got pretty bad, and I guess he... Oh, I uh, bet. <laughs> I guess he actually told an article that he, he legitimately feared for his life a few times when he was pulling some of that. Oh, I can oh, I can imagine. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Those those things are scary. Those people are scary. But a, but a lot of the other stuff he tried to elicit really bad reactions from didn't always go as bad as you think they would. It it didn't go nearly as far south as you would have expected it, right? Well, he didn't shit on anything this one, so... <laughs> oh, no, that's good. That's good. <laughs> one of the things that I thought going into this one, and I'm kind of curious on your take, is when Borat first came out, was it like... It was like 2012, I think? It's been a 14-year gap, they said. Oh, no, so longer. Okay, yeah. wow. Wow. Okay, so, so America was at a... A slow turning point, you know, in the years following that, and a lot of the things like the the racism and the stuff that you saw in there was obviously prevalent and obviously will always be prevalent, but wasn't as at the forefront as it has been the last four years. Correct. Does the whole idea of we are already living in a dystopian hellscape where people are running running around waving their confederate flags and 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 praising being nazis with our president of the united states doing the same like does that not does that elicit the same sort of like shock as we got from the first film i think not and i think that's why like this felt tamer and and i think that was part of it pro- probably part of it you weren't getting as much casual racism like the times he got it you knew he was going to get it mm-hmm. just doing stupid shit on the street he wasn't getting anywhere near as much mm-hmm. crap okay. And yeah, it just, it didn't feel as shocking. That actually may sound a little hopeful to watch. I mean, when you see the bad shit though, when, when the bad shit happens, when, when the grossly gross stuff that the 
five o'clock news uh, uh, likes to show is on. Is it is it as bad as putting on the news these days? I mean, when you see the like the bad stuff, you know, the the bad racism or the worst race, racism, I should say. No, I don't think so. I don't think it's as bad as the news. Okay. Even the people that he deals with who are kind of like the real heavy right wing kind of psychos mm-hmm. are still not that bad in comparison. Like they are, mm-hmm. but they're not the raving monsters you think they would be. Mm. They're more of just like your uncle that you roll your eyes at. <laughs> okay. Okay. Pretty sure I got a couple of those, so. <laughs> so, uh, so two thumbs up for you then. Yes, I did. It was very nice. <laughs> I, I, I hear that. Very nice. um, I hear that Borat is not really even the star of this one. Like, he, not it's, really. It's it's, it's, it's his, the chick. It's the right. It's, it's the character who plays her. The woman daughter. who plays his daughter. Yes, I think she was probably the. I mean, Borat is still probably the main character, uh, but she is the central theme to the to the movie. Well, I think you would have to do that, given that the character of Borat is so well known, even so long after the first movie, he's still remembered. So given the kind of, the kind of pranky nature that the movies do, you're going to need someone that's less recognizable. Part of it was they were clever about it because the Borat movie exists in universe of the sequel. <laughs> um, okay. And so, and it became a huge success in America and he was sent to the gulag for it, for doing it and screwing up. Oh, Okay. So when he does come back to America, people do recognize him and he, like, it works in universe. He puts on other character costumes playing Borat, playing somebody else. Okay. Or he sends his daughter in. That's the other one. But yeah, a lot of it is, uh, you know, he like puts on an American flag t-shirt and a cowboy hat and a fake beard and he's like, I am Johnny Chevrolet. God damn it. So, so there's a lot of meta humor going on. There, there is some meta humor going on. Okay. It's it's clever. That's, that's interesting. (laughs) All right. All right. Uh, Josh, any nerd news this week? Yeah, I got a couple things here. So they actually, we talked about the teaser trailer uh, that I dropped on you guys last week uh, for mm-hmm. the Monster Hunter movie. Correct. Well, they actually pulled two. There are now two um, official full-on trailers, uh, two-minute trailers. It's looking like it knows it's stupid, but <laughs> can be fun about it. <laughs> Okay. Because they are taking care to really, you know, make the monster designs look good and look in keeping to the monsters in the game. Right. They they show one part where Mila Jovovich's character is trying to mow down a um a Diablos uh in the game, which is the one that you saw in the the trailer the the horned one. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to shoot it with with a machine gun to no effect. She sh- fires a rocket launcher at it and it just shrugs it off. You know, in these early parts of the movie, at least, you're, mm-hmm. they're they're going out, out of the way to say our weapons ain't going to do shit for these things. So Which is that, good because that would yes. be a boring yes. movie. I I have a theory on how on what this plot's going to do. So so the big thing is the big hook is that there are these soldiers that get transported into the monster hunter world from our world or their universe, however you want to look at it. So the big plot point is I think they're going to reveal that Jovovich's character is either an orphaned child or descended from a group of humanity that escaped the ancient civilization in Monster Hunter's uh, story 
thousands of years ago, and she's actually a descendant of a hunter, because the hunters in Monster Hunter are, like, uh, being at one time genetically experimented on, or oh. genetically enhanced, and it came down and passed down through bloodlines and that sort of okay. thing. It's okay. hinted at in, in some of the lore um, of the Got series. It. So that's my call on that. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm actually starting to think I'm if theaters were possible to see it in theaters I I may see this if it comes out on you know like on on demand formats and actually paying for it um because I'm getting a little excited for it now. Does that have a release date? Uh uh December uh 30th. Oh wow. Okay. December that's 30th. Cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um uh, definitely probably not at a regular theater but that mm-hmm. sounds like a really good uh new year rigging in the new year sort of movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be good. By any stretch of the imagination, it's going to be dumb, but I, you know, in a fun, in the fun popcorn way. Well, Josh, I expect you to watch this film. Uh, I will. Before, I will. Before, right before the new year. And then we'll, when we come we'll, up we'll with our first it. 2021 episode, we'll talk about it. Okay. Sounds like a plan. I could do that. Right. I could do Fantastic. that. Fantastic. Also, right. I got uh, one other thing yes, I wanted to talk thing. about. Go right ahead. AOC. You want to talk about AOC really quick? Uh, oh, that yeah, that's pretty cool. It'll be a little bit past, but that's fine. Yeah. We can at least mention it. But but we both. Um, I know I saw. I know you did. Bill, did you yeah. watch um, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez's uh, stream? No, I didn't. Okay, so New York uh, Congresswoman, uh, freshman Congresswoman AOC, like Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, launched a Twitch stream where she was playing Among Us with friends and um, uh, Ilhan uh, Omar as well was mm-hmm. was in there. Didn't realize it was Ilhan uh, Omar until people were talking about it. I'm like, oh, that's fantastic. It was fun to watch. Uh, I watched oh, maybe 20, 30 minutes of, of the stream Yeah, I watched myself. like 30, 40 minutes of it myself. But it was I, – I think it's a great way to show that as a way, um, especially in the U.S., as far as U.S. politics is concerned, a great way to reach out to a certain age demographic because right. – you get more of these politicians are going to do that sort of thing, especially of a certain age range, which she is. You know, she's a few years younger than us, I yeah, believe, she's right? Thirty. She's thirty-one. Thirty-one. Right. I, 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 I fully support it, and I don't care which side, which party you you are with. If you want to get your name out there, then you should do this and leave the politics out the door. That was the other thing I, I was like re- really pleased to see was there was very little political talking. You know, talking about you know party stances or why why the republicans are evil or or this that or the other thing it was very yeah. much i'm a politician but i like to play video games let's play video games yeah uh it was part of the get out the vote campaign that they were trying to that she was trying to uh, again just to kind of push this idea that like you know hey like it's important to vote uh and it i believe was either it was in the, like the top three i don't remember where it like laid out but like one of the top three like most populated or most like viewed streams on twitch ever I think she had like five hundred thousand viewers at one time. Yeah, yeah. So I like, mean, just trying to watch the the chat stream itself. No, there was, just, there, <laughs> there, there was no way. There was no way to get into that. <laughs> no, no. She, uh, I think, I think it was a little more than she expected. Uh, but she, it was a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, again, you didn't really talk a lot of politics. There were a few times where she did promote basic human rights for for groups of people. Like, you know, at one point, I she shouted, you know, like trans rights and mm-hmm. uh, you know, like little things like that that shouldn't be political. They're just people's lives. And, yeah, these are lives. Like, exactly. You should not right. make a. Pol- uh, yeah, I get it. But but yeah, no, that was really cool. If you haven't gone and seen that, you can go find her uh, on twitch and if you want to look back through her tweets i think she's just at aoc on mm-hmm. twitter so you can yeah it is it, it, it is aoc on on twitch so yeah okay yeah i i did watch the beginning of the mcelroy one and there travis is like so there's no other big tweet twitter thing going on tonight i'm sure um 
<laughs> I planned this really well. <laughs> yeah, I, I started by watching the McElroys for a while, and then I'm like, and I kind of went back and forth between the two. Uh, but yeah, the McElroys was a lot of fun, too. We're going to transition into episode yes. four of Gungrave. Woot! Very excited I'm ready. I'm to ready. talk about more Gun Gungrave. Love this show. Uh, this is Josh's episode. Mm-hmm. Grave of Guns. Gra- a grave full of guns. Josh, tell us about Gungrave, uh, and then we'll take a little little breaky break between the two episodes before we get to episode five. Take us away, Josh. Well, we open at Jester's funeral. Brandon monologues about those that are left behind in death and how much more common it is in the town that they're at than anywhere else. That's the only difference. Very somber stuff, you know, heavy rain, that sort of thing. Uh, Very strong imagery going on. You got a church and, you know, Maria looking. She just looks distraught as hell. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Two things. Mm -hmm. One, heavy rain. Love that video game. Number two. (laughs) Was Cashew there? Cashew? What about Parn? No. Oh. You said Jester was gone, so I just thought maybe... Oh, am I getting my animes mixed up again? You're getting your animes mixed up oh, again, dude. Oh, okay. Okay, got it. Jester. Got it. Jester. That's going to happen again later. I thought I thought you were going to make some references to uh, all the lotuses they keep throwing around. I mean, that's... <laughs> that too. That too. Fair I love enough. it. So we also see, though, while Maria is surrounded by mourners and friends, um, Harry and Brandon are, like, on the outskirts in probably what's best described as the poorest sections of the cemetery. They just... They're on the wrong side of the tracks of the cemetery. Right, right. <laughs> you know, they've just completed the pauper graves for Jolis, Nate, and Kenny. Pauper. <laughs> I said pauper. I know, that was a joke. That was the joke. We made that... It's... I hope you can hear this. I'm doing it as hard as I can. Josh, it's a callback to a bit. No bits. That, was, that wasn't a bit. I, I legit didn't know what was going it's on. It's too serious of an episode to be bits. <laughs> You're not Steven Universe. You're not getting the bits. He doesn't know what that means. God damn it. I lost my part. Papa part. <laughs> we got to add the humor to this. This is a very dark episode. Fair enough. It, it mm-hmm. is. But it's good. It's a good one. Well, if anybody can make fun of people dying. It's you, Bill. Hey, Bill, you're here. That's why we we called you in. Amen. (laughs) All right, so, but Harry comments on how Brandon should not blame himself for Jester's death, but also in the same uh, line, seems to be blaming himself instead. You know, he was saying, yeah, that that, that Jester got drug into the middle of the conflict between theirs and Deed's gangs, and that there was all these other things that was going on, but also that Lad was just a piece of shit. But it's interesting that he's like, don't blame yourself. There could have been a million different reasons why this all happened. We're just a bunch of punks. It like, like he, like, it really does feel like, Brand, at least at this point, Harry is legitimately blaming himself for this whole situation. You get a lot of that between the two of them. Yeah. Both of them really kind of blaming themselves, mm-hmm. uh, but then telling the other person, like, no, it's not your fault. Right. I mean, they're, they're in a tough spot at this point. They've lost everyone. It's just them now. Right. And, and Maria. Don't forget, Maria well, is a part of their life. They, they Maria ever... will be kind of. Yeah, and, and really, she's not part of that. She's important to Brandon. She's important to Brandon, but I don't I don't honestly know how much they really have a relationship. Like, she's not part of the gang. She's not right. part of the crew. She's not Even in the, the gentlest way of meaning part of the gang, uh, she's mm-hmm. not, like, part of their friend group. She's, at best, somebody Brandon goes out with once in a while. Right. And and we do know how she gets to meet uh, Brandon and Harry and, and the rest further down in the series towards the end. The thing that's, that best describes it is that it's Brandon and Maria playing cat and mouse with their feelings for one another, but neither of them are ever really 
going out out of their way to do more than maybe get a cup of coffee every now and then. And, and I think you screwed up, Josh. Hmm? I think I think you have neglected to tell us the voice actress for Maria. That is Michelle Ruff. I thought I had mentioned it on the last episode, but thank you, thank you. I don't. Yes. I don't think you did. Maria is voiced by Michelle Ruff, and no yeah. uh, secondary uh, credits. Uh, just straight up Michelle Ruff. I was uh, pretty surprised by that when I I was trying to look up the fucking kid's name again. And I went on Mika? IMDb. Yeah, mm. I went on IMDb. I've already forgot, and <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I was scrolling through. It was like Michelle Ruff is. As uh, mm -hmm. Maria. Whoa, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, how should I know her? Uh, she was Yoko in Gurren Lagann. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. She was somebody in uh, Wolves Rain also. She plays Luna in uh, Sailor Moon Crystal. What? Actually, she plays Luna in regular Sailor Moon. The yeah, Club. she's the new version. Yeah, she's also in the Viz No, Club. she's... Okay, yeah. Even though it says 2000 TV show. Yeah, she's, Yo she's Yoko. She's Li Liara. I can't remember Liara. I think that's the one that was like, the tow boy's like, hi. And she's oh, like, ah, right. you're a boy, but you're a wolf. Right. My, my uh, yeah, the girl, the girl. Um, yes. that he killed He killed her hawk for. <laughs> she's, uh, she was Rukia in Bleach. She was who in Bleach? Rukia. Ah! Yeah. Oh, wow. She's very well known. I mean, obviously. Okay. Obviously so. Beloved. Beloved, even. I, I guess that was why you were... Didn't ever respond that time. I was like, because I follow her on Instagram. I was like, she's a good looking woman. And <laughs> no, nobody, nobody said anything. I was like, oh, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Back to the episode, Josh. And the, the, the other thing to, to mention, though, too, that Harry's still talking about uh, the circumstances uh, about everything that happened, that it seemed like it was almost like a one in a million uh, sort, sort of situation that just kind of fell on their laps. And Harry probably says probably one of the more poignant things is pretty much the only reason why we're alive. It was an accident that we survived saying that that was just dumb luck that bear walking showed up when he did. That's a motif that gets repeated with Harry more than once uh, throughout the show is he's like, I'm just lucky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Brandon seems to also start dwelling on his own frustration and anger over the entire situation. Like he, like somebody going through grief, um, and feels responsible for so many deaths and like maybe he's a human being going through this very painful situation, you know? This anime does that well, I think. Almost like mm -hmm. somebody died. Yeah. Right. And somebody close. Mm -hmm. The anime does this very good, uh, in a very good way, uh, mm -hmm. throughout the whole thing of just, Getting to the what, deep what was, aspects what was of that, what Andrew. Is, what what I say? Was the, the anime do that very good? The anime, the anime, <laughs> the anime do that, that well? very good. That sounds like that sounds like a, our our episode title. <laughs> the anime handles it well. <laughs> this idea of just human responses to tragedy and trauma. It's very very good. Very good humanizing element of this story. So we also, while this is all going on, though, we get to see a very grumpy-looking old man in a nice car watching Maria at the funeral. Right, whatever floats your boat, buddy. I mean, as long as you don't, you know, start showing it off in public. Get off the Zoom call. <laughs> off the Zoom call. 
Oh my. <laughs> Topical jokes. After the title card, we get we get a sequence of Brandon and Harry. They're walking through the town looking all sorts of rough. All the while, we get some color commentary from uh, uh, various people talking in hushed whispers about how dangerous they are after losing their friends and killing Deed. Pretty much everyone's like, oh, they're the worst people to deal with right now. Kind of a stark contrast how a few episodes ago, people were talking about Jolis's death, and they were talking about how nice and, and pleasant they are for a bunch of thugs. Yep. Also kind of weird just because they have apparently in the eyes of people gone from eh, just just some thugs to like the scariest people in this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, all, it's all about reputation. Yeah. Right. Makes me think, you know, too, did Lad see this as he became prominent in the neighborhood's folklore and everything else about him, you know, pulling off that that robbery or killing some scumbag and getting killed himself. You know, is this is this kind of right. like how that all started? It's kind of very interesting. You thought about Lad way more than I did because I, I started this episode going, the fuck was Lad again? <laughs> Fair <laughs> so. enough. So, but the other thing that, that, that is interesting is that Harry's not hiding the gun. You know, he, he's got it, he's got it holstered and he's telling people two things. Don't fuck with me. And how long do you think it'll take me to lose my junk having the gun in my pants like this? <laughs> is it this episode or the next one? It's the next one where Brandon's got it in his butt crack, basically. <laughs> ah, yeah, it's the next episode. It's the next I'm episode. Like, you know, shoot your taint off. <laughs> <laughs> But it is interesting, and uh, that's definitely how you can lose a testicle uh, doing that. So Josh knows firsthand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Old war story. Old state war law. story. State, state law. So we go to Maria um, in her apartment, still in, in her morning Maria. dress. Morning as in 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 morning, not uh, good morning. <laughs> Bad She's wearing sweatpants. <laughs> She's wearing sweatpants, <laughs> eating a bucket of uh, Ben and Jerry's. Oh, um, but she begins to freak out um, over the fact that, you know, without Jester or any other family, she has to find her own way, which has to be a really scary place for a teenager her age. I mean, she's like 16, 17 at this point and all of a sudden losing everything like that. That's got to be more horrifying than the prospect of dying, if you ask. Yeah, because she's like, well, I guess I got to be a prostitute now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't don't I worry. Mean, she's she's got a big sugar daddy who's going to help her out. She doesn't know that yet. <laughs> I mean, she, she'll know soon. Spoilers! Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, that, that's a preview. <laughs> so, Harry is uh, begins commenting on how his view of the town... I mean, and we got this really great... Actually, I should back it up. We've got this really great image of Harry's just kind of hanging out in an alley. He's just kind of looking and at the town. He's very I, I want to go upset. back one, one session, mm-hmm. though. Or one, one seg- segment. Okay. I, the voiceovers here were terrible, and people are like, Oh, well, he doesn't have any money. What are you going to do? Well, I get a job. Oh, you're going to get a job at this town, huh? <laughs> Very dangerous <laughs> for a girl like yourself to live Yeah, these alone. fucking busybody bitches, like... <laughs> I know. They're just you offer a life. solution? Yeah. What are you, a politician? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, and I think we also forgot to mention, I forgot to mention, that they even mentioned, uh, back one more section, where there, people are talking about, you know, how dangerous Brandon and Harry are. They even mentioned that... Um, Scott the Snitch got his, and they show an image of of Scott beat up in in a in a gutter. Um, he's laying in trash bags. I don't I don't know if he's beat up or if he's dead. But no, no, yeah. he's beat up. He's beat up. No, no. Scott comes back later. Remember, um, towards the end of the oh, series. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get there. We'll get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. We'll get there. No worries. Don't worry. He, that's not he, a spoiler. That's a preview. That's a preview. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, and the only reason why I brought it up is is I'm playing it back in the background right now, and I got to that part. But yeah, I agree with you, Bill. You it, go to it the is website. Kind of... Does does a Scott die? There's a whole website about 
if there's a Scott in a movie, do they get killed? Do they live or die? Yeah. What? Yep. What? That's a thing? No. God damn it. <laughs> I thought maybe... Scotty doesn't know. There, there, That's where I was going to go. I was going to go with that, too. Fuck. Get out of my head, Andrew. I'm sorry. God. All right. No, there, there's a website called DoesTheDogDie.com. Oh, no, no. <laughs> no, it's handy because, like, no, for real, like, you go there, you put in a piece of media, and it's like, are there animals in this? Yes or no? Do they, are they harmed? Yes or no? It's like Do the they die? Yes or no? for dogs. Yes. <laughs> oh. So that's like, like the old the old yeller test. Does, does, yeah, does the Scott die? Is it, is it <laughs> Scott? Okay, never mind. Anywho, I, got, I knew you were going there. <laughs> That'd been funnier with context. You know, I I still like it. Right. All right, back to the episode. All right, so so as I said, we're, we've got this image of of Harry. He's you know in the uh, in the alley. He's commenting on how small the town feels now. You know, since he killed Deed, because he's thinking back back about that and just says, yeah, the town has changed. It's it's small now. He's like, eh, it's tighter on my junk. Yeah. Brandon <laughs> has decided to pay his respects uh, to Jester. Um, and we just get this really interesting, you know, bit of, they're, they're kind of separate. And uh, Harry and, and Brandon, but they're both kind of viewing the town and turning their back on it. Like, like Harry's got, a, he's at an overlook point to the town and he turns his back and walk away while Brandon's being creepy and is outside of Maria's apartment building. <laughs> He and does this he turns around times. and walks away from her place, like like you know, saying that okay, we, we we've got to be done with this place. Yeah, got to move on. Different mm-hmm. things, new things. Too much pain, too much pain and suffering. Uh, yes. Very very heavy symbolism, obviously. So later, though, we see that Bear is at a dive bar, knocking oh, back bear. by what I can assume it's got to be Scotch on the rocks, right? I mean, Bill, it's whiskey of some sort. It's brown liquor. I mean. And I mean, he's he's knocking it back, and our our grumpy guy shows up, um, and comments about how killing Lad was was the least profitable profitable tactic, that they probably could could have gotten some information out of him before he died. To which Bear comments to Mister Grumpy, A.K.A. Randy, who's voiced by Steve Kramer, that Lad would never have talked, and that he took Lad out because he killed Big Daddy's best friend. So they start discussing matters pertaining to Maria and how Big Daddy wants to meet her. And as Randy departs, he idly mentions to Bear about his daughter, who's about to turn seven. This is either possible idle conversation or, you know, mafia terms of don't fuck up because we know about your daughter. The way I took it was heavy-handed exposition. We got to make sure the audience knows he has a a daughter. Yeah, that's kind of how I took it, too, like, because uh, for those that have seen the series before, we know the daughter is a part of the story. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just it's not just mentioning it offhand, like. Right. So I th- I kind of get that, too, that it's like a little bit of like heavy handed. But you're looking at, at like Randy's expression, though, too, through this through this exchange. Oh, yeah, my expression. <sighs> Cream of the crop. I was thinking more Randy, Randy Orton, the 14th. <laughs> Like, like he's he Randy Orton's uh, great, great, great grandson, or something like no, that. No, he's very intense. He's very intense. Right. But he's got this, this, this almost Fucking shifty Randy. look about himself <laughs> when he's talking about Bear's daughter. Like, you know, and gets this little, little you, sneer. Like, do you, do you think Bear calls yeah. calls her her little, his little cub? Aww, that would be so adorable. <laughs> stray. Anyway, Karen. All right. So he said pup, so I'm going think it's straight. I think he's at once, you know, just genuinely inquiring, but also reminding Bear, don't fuck over the organization because he kind of acted in a wo- lone wolf fashion on this one. You know, stray! Sort of 
I... <laughs> Sorry. I... You know what? I'm going to mute you for two minutes. Two oh, minutes. No. oh, no. Clearly, uh, he can't. <laughs> sometimes I like, sometimes I miss Wolfsrin. People make fun of our year-long season that we had about Wolfsrin, but I think it was some of our finest work. You think that way about every show you pick. Uh, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. So. Okay, anyway, though. We go to Harry. He's spending time with uh, Descartes, the most powerful man in town, who's offering very half-hearted condolences about the deaths of, of, of his crew and offers to take Harry and Brandon under his wing to teach him stuff. Are we talking about the guy with the mohawk and the robot arm? No, it's his son. No! Oh, okay. Descendant, of... at the very least. And... Andrew, there's a, there's a lot of tri there's a lot of trigun in these two episodes. For for somebody who pretends to love this show, you really are distracting from it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, this episode was this episode was kind of boring. But anyway, carry on. Bullshit. It was good. You're you. As a writer, you should know that. I I know it's good. It doesn't mean it's not boring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna fucking jump through that. This, this, <laughs> you know what? You know what? On 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 second on second thought on second thought. Ow! What the hell did you do that? We're remote, you fucker. As, as a teacher of literature, uh, Andrew knows all about boring. It's good, but it's boring. No, totally. 100%. Oh, yeah, that's right. He does like Hemingway. I do like Hemingway. Dickens. Dickens is boring. Dickens, yeah. Dickens is boring, yeah. We're talking about the author, at least. What? <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Carry on. So, Harry rebuffs Descartes, uh, commenting that he would not want to work for somebody who's essentially a spineless coward who wouldn't even dare cross the mafia. Yeah, because De Descartes did say, well, I couldn't do anything about Lad. He's he's a big shot in the mafia. Is the non-boring Dickens a bar? <laughs> it might be, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> However, Descartes does not take too ki kindly to the insult, and uh, but before his men could take out Harry... Brandon knocks them on their asses, and Harry pulls the gun on Descartes, commenting on how the gun has a hair trigger, which also makes me wonder why in God's name did he holster that thing in the waistband of his pants, knowing full well it's got a hair trigger. I mean, he could have just been saying that. It's true. Also, he could have had the safe. He could have had the safety on. It's Harry true. seems like the kind of guy who's very gun safe. You know, very tr a lot of a lot of trigger yes. control. Yeah. Uh, yes. He's very disciplined. <laughs> Sure, yes, he's got, he's, he sure shows some fire discipline later in the series. <laughs> Harry, shh, we'll get there. So Harry ultimately convinces Descartes. You know, to, you know uh, what? No, I, you know what? I, I just, I refute that because I don't think we ever see Harry accidentally shoot anybody. All meant to be. Yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he accidentally does it. I mean, that's fair. He never accidentally discharges it. Yeah, but there's a, but that, that still doesn't explain overt, uh, overshooting someone. If, if anybody's got bad trigger discipline on this show, it's Jester. That's true. That's true. I'm done. Laughing about dead people. Keep going. I want to know more. Do you really want to know more, or do you want to just keep poo-pooing on, what, on, on what's so far a pretty damn good episode? So on the beach, Harry decides to leave town. I was about to say, go carry on. Fuck you. No, no. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. I <laughs> took the time that's, to write that's, this. That's I ignored like my that. daughter for, for an hour to do this. Oh. What kind of parent are you? You you only you only ignored your daughter for an hour. What kind of parent are you? My mom ignored <laughs> me all the time. <laughs> I need a drink. So she's in it for a pretty good career then. 
<laughs> I didn't ignore your mom. Oh, oh God damn it. I set myself up. You, <laughs> you didn't. God damn it. <laughs> Josh just killed me with the burn of the year. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was a rough one. Carry on. I'm going to just lay here dead while you continue to go through this episode. Please carry on. I, I saw I saw the trigger pulled, but I couldn't I couldn't do anything about yeah, it. Josh is a hair trigger. Carry on. <laughs> so Harry convinces Descartes to uh, let him and Brandon do whatever they want, and they leave. Uh, which once that door is closed, Descartes just loses his shit and calls a hit out on them. Yeah, that takes all tense. Like they're not even out of earshot yet. It's like God damn it, they made. They made a fool of me! I want him dead! I want him dead! Oh my god, god damn it! Brenda like stops and turns around and like looks at the door. <laughs> Dude, we haven't even left yet. <laughs> the fuck? I thought the same thing. <laughs> so later, you know, Harry's uh, on a beach, uh, sitting on a steel drum, talking to Brandon about leaving the town as he, he feels he has no freedom there. And because he has no ties to anyone, he's gotta go. But Brandon needs to stay because of Maria. At which point Brandon's like, no, I'm going with you. We're partners. We get, we got to do this. True. Harry takes this as a way of, of being convinced, but then randomly throws a couple punches at, at Brandon and then asks what what the hell that was about. They're fucking around. Yeah, yeah that's kind of They're teenagers. They're, they're, they're a couple yeah. kids. You, know, you can tell they're boys. fucking around because they do the anime overlapping thing at the end. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, how about the Final Fantasy X laugh scene? Actually, it was pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, the laugh is terrible, but you didn't. Let's face it. If there's one thing I'm good at is, is being as annoying as Titus. That that tracks. <laughs> we do cut to Maria, who's uh, hosting a rather well-off looking older gentleman with tinted glasses, who introduces himself simply as Asagi. But as Randy is there, this is, in fact, the previously mentioned Big Daddy, voiced by Michael McConaughey who I'm fairly certain is not related to uh, Matthew McConaughey. I was trying to research that, but... By virtue of them being there. different names and all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but we've, we've, we've seen Michael McConaughey on here before, so it's nice to see him back on, on this show. or this Welcome back! Yes. So he discusses that he and Jester were the closest of friends and that for 15 years, Jester was instrumental in making him the man that he was in the company that they were both a part of. We're best friends. You've never you've never met me before, but we're best friends. Right. So, and Big Daddy offers to take Maria in and live with him in the mansion. He says, "Yes, uh, you were you were adopted by Jester. You don't have any further family, so we could definitely do that." And then Randy's like, "Yeah, we looked this up. I'm sorry, but you should really live here because you have no other alternative." <laughs> it's like he's blunt as fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the other thing. Big Daddy's like. Shut the fuck up, Randy! <laughs> Poor Randy. I think I've been doing. That's why I did state law because it's uh, that's 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 Donnie Baker's neighbor. He's like, oh, shut, yeah. up, shut up, Randy. <laughs> At the same time, while Maria's being offered, um, you know, the the sweet life, Harry and Brandon are packing up their meager belongings and having their last look at the restaurant before leaving the town, or so they think. About that. We're about to get there. Yeah. As, they, as they're heading out, we already start seeing some of uh, Descartes' men uh, are trailing them, looking all shifty and constantly brandishing their weapons in the middle of town, in the middle of day. Wow, these guys are shit. These guys yeah, are terrible. Yeah, we, we're bad guys. We got guns. Yeah, guns. <laughs> Let's go yeah. shoot some people. Yeah, yeah. we're going to go commit murder. It's a rough town. <laughs> right. It's a rough town. 
Right. So Big Daddy does um, ask Maria to take him to visit Jester's grave. Um, at the same time, uh, as they're about to show up, Harry and Brandon are sitting at the pauper graves of our um, of Jolis, Kenny, and Nate. And uh, Harry starts apologizing, saying, we gotta go, but we're gonna make it big one day. And when we do, we're going to make these giant uh, graves for you guys. We're going to get the finest graves for you. They're going to be beautiful. the Just the best graves ever. <laughs> the Mexicans are going to pay for it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no. Hey, hopefully this joke is going to land really well because he's no longer president or will be no longer president in January. Uh, and if it's not true, I'm probably <laughs> crying as I'm editing this. <laughs> And I'm laughing because you're crying, and that's the only reason. <laughs> no, that's, no, that's fair. So that's fair. Before departing the cemetery, though, Brandon decides, you know, he's going to pay his final respects to Jester again. And, you know, Harry's like, oh, yeah, you're a good guy. And then they see Maria show up with Big Daddy. They're like, what the fuck? Maria? And, of course, Brandon sees Maria and immediately screams Maria and then gets shot at by the assholes uh, of yep. Descartes. We get a gunfight. Cass ensues as Brandon and Harry try to avoid the gunfight. At the same time, Big Daddy keeps his men initially from getting involved, you know, pretty much saying, no, this is not our fight, until he notices Maria, you know, suddenly cry out, Brandon! Uh-huh, yep. <laughs> Very subtle. They pack into the car, at which point Big Daddy takes a look at Randy, and Randy's like, okay, yeah, I'll take care of this. And Maria's like, what? what? He goes, don't worry, I'm really good at Negotiation. Yeah. I'm going to negotiate the hell out of them. I'm going to negotiate the shit out <laughs> of these kids. Two offers in their back and one in their head. I don't know if I like Randy or hate Randy. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> well, you know, so so the cars do, do you know, clear out. Um, Brandon and, and Harry are trying to avoid. Uh, but, of course, Brandon sees Maria leaving and, like a dumbass, starts running, crying out her name, at which point... Like a golden retriever. <laughs> right. Uh, he, but he gets shot. And at which point, Descartes' men surround him. They start calling Harry out. Harry shows up, and they're about to get executed in a fucking cemetery in yeah. the middle of the day. These are, like, oh, the yeah. worst hitters ever. Brandon's yeah. like, run! And Harry's right. like, ah, oh, maybe I should run. <laughs> but Randy shows up at the most opportune moment, firing off his gun. He goes, what the fuck is wrong with you? This is a sacred place, and you're doing this shit right now? Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, I'm from Millennium. <laughs> my, my boss's best friend's buried here, and you're being an asshole. Right. And they're like, okay, so I want to think about, just think about what you're about to do here, what that's going to, what kind of effect that's going to have on you, your family, your girlfriends, your boyfriends, every your hand you ever shake, your yeah, pets. Yeah, they, 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 they just shit themselves and run away. <laughs> I, I was going to start calling them, instead of being hitters, they're now shitters. Yes, they, 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 they hit it, then shit it? Is that mm -hmm. what it is? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Take, take, takes the uh, the term shit the bed in a different manner. You need to stop having dates at Taco Bell before. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't help it, man. Those gordita crunchers. Oh, God. So <laughs> so they take off, and that leaves yeah. our good friend Randy and uh, our two and, protagonists. And our boys, yeah. And Harry immediately, I mean, okay. Now, let me back up. He didn't actually say he was with Millennium. They, they just realized that they were dealing with the mafia. But Harry's the one that goes, you're with Millennium, aren't you? Like, just his second phrase, besides thank you, is yeah. you're with Millennium, aren't you? Yeah, one, um, one of the, one of the, like, shitter number three is just like, 
Uh, are you with the, the mob? Yeah, great. You got it in one. You're shitting yourself hard. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, he uh, he immediately recognizes that that uh, Randy's with Millennium. He fanboys out entirely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he asks yeah. to join, stating that he'll take revenge on Descartes and take him out for the hit. At which point, Randy, you know, impl- you know, says a different strategy. Says, well, one, we don't do killing unless it's absolutely necessary or if there's some sort of profit in it. There's no profit in killing this guy. He just tried to kill you. You squeeze him. Which took me forever to realize that he was extorting money. You know, it was code for extortion. He was going to extort money out. Would you think it was a hand job? (laughs) I don't know. When I first ever saw this, I was nineteen. No, I was. So of course he was thinking about a hand job. (laughs) Twenty-one, something like that. I I didn't know where my head was at that time. Know know where your hand was? Just give me a little squeeze. (laughs) You know, I think I think I was just starting professional wrestling at that point. So lots of hand jobs. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> while being called a, a fag and a queer the whole time. Thanks. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, I mean, as long as as long as they got off, right? Then it's not gay. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, carry on. Harry's like, okay, I'll take your advice. I'll I'll squeeze him. Give me two hours. So we get this very quick montage. Harry and Brandon bust in. They they pop a couple caps near Descartes, threaten Descartes. They get the money from Descartes because he's a coward. Yeah. Let's yeah. face it, Descartes is just a sniveling coward of a man. All of this happens. Mm-hmm. Yes. Later, we see Randy pick, picking up Harry. And he's like, you know, if you're serious, come on in. So, you know, Harry gets in there. He tell, he says his goodbyes to Brandon. And then Brandon jumps into the car. He's like, what the fuck? Yep. And they ride off together. They're going to join right. and start mm-hmm. a new life, a new chapter of their life together right. as part of Millennium. We close on Brandon monologuing about how he knew that getting in that car and going to Millennium was, was going to be the best way for him to see Maria. He had a very strange conviction yeah that was a weird way you ended it yeah, i know it yeah it's just i had a very strong conviction there are several relationships in the show that i kind of wonder if they're mm-hmm. not romantic like they sure. never come out and say it but i wonder mm-hmm. and this is definitely one of them where he's like sounding he's like my one and only partner there's there's definitely a romantic vibe between uh, it's not I, I i don't read it fully as romantic but i definitely see a romantic or at least a more than like like a very close friendship between right. Brandon and, and Harry, but if this was, was a more famous uh, series, there probably would be fanfic, a uh, Yuri fanfic going on between these two. Without a oh, it's all in my head. Yeah. So that was episode four. Go. Uh, thoughts on the episode, Josh? It's very light on action. Let's let's be completely honest. There there is very little in the way of action. What this episode does, though, um, its biggest strength is tone setting mood character it's a very strong focus on brandon and harry and a little bit on maria as well they're kind of getting out of the shock of everything that happened losing losing their friends killing a man for the first time seeing the world as a harsh and cruel place like these kids are are just their innocence is dead at this point got capped in the back in, in in a rainy night by some psychopath you know and now they're realizing the dark truth and trying to make sense of it. And I think this episode accomplishes that very well in in creating this overall sense of trying to figure figure shit out. They're trying to figure, all three of them are trying to figure out what to do next. You know, what's going to happen next. I think the performances, the character performances were great. The themes was, was I just think it was a fantastic episode. Yes, light on action, so kind of hard for us to have a lighthearted discussion, but I think as far as like a good good example of what this series can do, 
and why it's so good as something different. Uh, this is a good example. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with almost all, like pretty much all that, honestly. I don't have much to add to it. I think it's a, a good setting, like you said, like you said of the tone that we're going to kind of set up, obviously, moving on from phase one to phase two, uh, which is, you know, seeing them as part of the organization working their way up. So uh, we'll kind of see how that plays in episode five. That's pretty much my agreement. I mean, it, it feels very gangster movie, crime movie. I like that you get the idea the Millennium Group is not out to just kill everybody. You kind of establish, hey, we're in this for profit. It's kind of weird how easy it was for Harry and Brandon to pass the test, though, because they just, they went in there, they roughed up a little bit, and then they just ran out of there with the bag of money, just whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> like, get in the car. <laughs> yep, pretty much. The details were not necessary, I think, is, is probably what they're what, what that hole was getting at. They, that they probably took the, the full two hours needed to, to get in there and, and do everything. But what it all boiled down to was, yeah, in and out with the money, whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> yep, that was episode four. That was episode uh, titled Go. And speaking of go, I think it's about time that we go to the break card. Woo! Go potty. Welcome to the break card. It's Andy, and I hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful day as we move into another weekend. And uh, an interesting week, if you live in the United States, honestly, as we mentioned, I think, uh, during this episode earlier before the break card... It's kind of up in the air when I'm recording this, but it's looking like uh, looking like different uh, a different path in our future. But let's not talk about that. Instead, let's talk about our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/TuningJapanese, a way that you can monetarily support our show. A lot of money goes into hosting the website, hosting all of our podcasts. Uh, we want to try to get some money to get Bill a better mic for doing these remote recordings, and we can't do that. Uh, without your support. We really appreciate everything that you do for us, your continued support by listening to the show, by donating, by reaching out and letting us know how you enjoy things via our social media, via our email, also leaving a five-star rating or review wherever you listen to our show. So I want to thank you so much for everything that you do. And if you want to help us in a monetary way, once again, you can head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash tuningjapanese. While the sounds of race cars from uh, the racetrack not too far from my house maybe make their way into this track, I'm going to cut it short here so I can get back to editing this episode and getting it out to you. Definitely enjoying Season 6 so far and our reviews. Let us know what you think by contacting us via social media, by email, tuningjapanese at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we'll get back to our review here of Gungrave. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. We're back for the break card. Hello. Hey. A, sh- a show where three dudes in their 30s talk about anime. <laughs> <laughs> again. We're going to talk about episode five now of Gungrave. I almost said Gurren Lagann again. Uh, Millennium. Yay! Millennium. Oh, no, no, no. Millennium is what we're going to talk about. Uh, we get our theme song followed by Harry and Mob. Harry and Mob? Harry and <laughs> Wow. That's not- nope. That's, a- <laughs> that's, that's, that's not a- awesome. That'd be quite the crossover. That is a fanfic. Uh... <laughs> and a half right there. Woo. I, I huh. can see. So if, if Harry's with Mob, then Regan is with uh, Brandon then, right? Her dimple. And then you basically have the exact same anime, except 
it's one's a really powerful psychic, one's a really powerful fighter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. They're, they're basically the same duo. Got it. All right. Cool. That we just we just we just figured that out. Hey, so <laughs> Harry and Brandon mm-hmm. are joining the mob. Um, yes. They stare up at the Magrid Oil Company, home of some of the offices for Millennium, more specifically for Randy. And uh, we get more Damn of it, Brandon's Randy. famous monologuing, where he says, "Millennium." If you pardon the cliche, is organized crime. Oh, let's let's talk about this moment here. First off, it's the exposition dump truck we were all waiting for. Oh, big time. Yeah, but they're they're doing this whole imagery of you know the the individuals within Millennium, you know, doing their thing, and I get what they were trying for, but it's like every person that they show is like some shifty ass looking motherfucker, shadowed mm-hmm. eyes with a very you know like like. You're almost expecting Snidely Whiplash to be one of the people in here. You know, just classic villain-looking motherfuckers. Well, no, but Millennium is a criminal organization. Right. Uh, it's the prevailing power right. in this town, controlling the underground community as well as operating corporations, trading firms, and banks as fronts for its criminal activities, or so Brandon says. Yeah, but it's it's Man. so funny just the images of, of all these mm-hmm. these members of Millennium. Yes. Brandon says a lot when he's not on screen. No, he does. He's he's a fucking chatter mouth <laughs> when he's not like actually in front of the camera. They put him in front of the camera, he's like, I can't do it. Hey, so we also <laughs> find out we also find out <laughs> that, <laughs> that 140 wow. people 140 people make up the family, which is an elite circle around Big Daddy. But but also that Millennium has exactly Eight thousand members. Yes, there's no more, that no too. less. Exactly no. eight thousand. Someone dies, you got to refill refill those members. So apparently, two people had died recently, and that's why Brandon and Harry <laughs> are good to go. Right. Or they brought him in, and then you know, <laughs> maybe. Oh, got time to kill off Gary. Uh, no, actually, not Gary. No, not Gary. Kill off Gary. No, Gary's quite Gary. Gary's quite good. Uh, yeah, so we, like we also we also finally Steve. get the name. They got to kill Steve. Yes, that's true. Steve this is where... <laughs> Yes. Steve bullet wound. <laughs> Steve bullet wound. Yes, that's a bad enough name to be uh, part of this anime. <laughs> yeah, you're probably you're you're not wrong. Uh, this is when we get Randy's name for the first time. I think uh, is in this episode, but we know he's Randy. Uh, he's that crazy eyed looking dude that we saw from the last episode. Uh, he brings them in, and then we also see Maria standing in front of a massive garden, cheesing like crazy. As Brandon mentions, that person, in quotes, as we show off Big Daddy. He doesn't know Big Daddy quite yet. We're going to get there. I don't think he's he really is meaning Big Daddy at first when he says that person that got him. That man? Think that man. I think it's whom we're about to meet. Oh, so it isn't that man. No. Okay. Hold on a, a second. sexy wife. I, I'm, I'm just about finding which I think. There he is. Hey, we get a title card. Title card. And then we're in a building in the city somewhere. And that, and that and, title card says? Uh, it says uh, Millennium. How do we spell Millennium, by the way? Because M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-O-N, I think? Yeah. So we go to a, a building in the city where Brandon and two of his new co-workers, who we're going to find out are named Gary and Widge, uh, are apparently running... Some sort of gambling business for Millennium, and they're watching a fucking Thomas race. Yes, 
while you're you're in awe of the Thomases here, Witch is voiced by Michael Sorich, and Gary is voiced by Dave Mallow. They're fucking Thomases. The same weird horse anteater things from Trigun. Yeah. I thought they were more related to like Chocobos. I'm so excited. It it exists, it's real, it's the same world. This is Mar- Marveling at the Thomases. That's a <laughs> <laughs> That's an autobiography title there. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, oh, on the phone, they find out some guy, Anthony, uh, just lost 30,000 Yule on that race. Uh, mm. Yule, by the way, is what they call the money here, not double dollars, nor yen, nor polka dollars, nor whatever the hell else. So we have no idea how much it actually is. Like I, Zenny. No idea. I assume that's a lot of money, but... I imagine it's uh, it's half the amount. If this were double dollars, it'd be 60,000 Yule, I imagine. Or would mm. it be... Or to be 15,000. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, so Brandon answers the phone <laughs> hilariously. Oh, doesn't, God. Doesn't say anything when he picks up the phone. So Gary's like, fucking say something, you idiot. So he goes, so he, goes he says, good evening. <laughs> no, good evening. Good afternoon. <laughs> and then the, Gary fucking just does that anime pratfall. And it's really great because we haven't seen anything like that in the same There has yet. not been any levity until Gary. Gary's great. Gary ha- has given us our laughter back. Thank God. Thank <laughs> we God. We lost our smile and Gary yes. brought it back. Yeah. Oh, it's total Shawn Michaels moment. But hey, another call comes in. Uh, a scalper named Carlson is late on a payment. So it's time to rough this motherfucker up. And they call it a drop-in. Yeah, it's time to go for a drop-in. So, hey, let's go beat the, the hell out of this schmuck. Brandon and his work buddies decide, hey, let's come up with a plan. We'll go through the front door. Brandon, you stay by the back door uh, in case this guy runs. And, of course, the guy There's runs. They always oh, run. Oh, wait, 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 wait. But Widge gives him a gun just he, in case. does give him a gun. He says, use it in case only for emergencies. Right. When the guy runs out of the apartment, a screaming woman, you hear her, and she he's running down the... Uh, escape fire escape ladder escape ladder. yes yes escape hatch. <laughs> the ladder escape the emergency hatch. ladder uh out the, he's running out and Brand, brandon for a moment almost pulls his gun but doesn't and this guy tries to go all tiger woods on him not that right. way um but, <laughs> <laughs> but, he, but, he, but, he's, but he's swinging a golf club and he just gets the he just gets the, the shit kicked out of him by Brandon. Yeah, Brandon just shows his his once again his prodigious fighting skills. It's like it's like almost like he should have been trained, but I don't think he's ever been trained. He's just that good. So, so Brandon goes all Tiger Woods' wife on him. Yes, pretty, ah! basically yes. Uh, so the older guy, or we find out later, is Widge or Mister Widge, uh, gives Brandon all kinds of compliments. Brandon, of course, doesn't respond, to which Gary then shouts, Say something, will you? Just like the rest of us want to do. Uh, and Brandon <laughs> just goes, Brandon just Thank goes, you. Thank you. <laughs> and, the voice of a generation. freaking out. He's just like, I love it. It's so good. I'm going to flail my arms. <laughs> we, we, we go to another Brandon monologue at this point about his job with these two, collecting money for the organization. Basically, he just lays out what we already know. They run an illegal racetrack gambling uh, thing on the side. They raise interest rates uh, by saying, like, we'll give you a loan, but we'll, loan ra- we'll crank up the interest rates on you. And then when you can't pay, we'll beat the crap out of you until you loan do Loan sharks. Yeah, basically. They're loan sharks. Yeah. He also mentions how he hasn't seen either Harry or Maria. It's nearly four months that he that he lives this. And he lives in this room, too. Yes. He lives and lives and works in this room. So it's like. God damn. Okay, I I work from home too, but 
damn, dude. You get to escape it at least somehow. Right. You, know, you, you work from home. He homes from work. Yes, he does home from work. Fair enough. There's, there's a difference there. But then the question becomes, do Gary and Widge live there? Okay, no, we know that Gary doesn't, or Widge doesn't, but does yeah, Widge, Gary Widge live there? Yeah, Widge is mom. Yeah. Yeah. But does... I don't know where Gary lives. With Widge. Uh, no, he leaves. He actually goes elsewhere, so. <laughs> so Widge and Brandon head out to meet a money launderer, essentially. Like, he goes, hey, look, Brandon, come with me. We're going to show you how this works out. We collect a bunch of money. We give it to someone who, quote, unquote, invests it to make it look legit. And then that money goes to Millennium, who they obviously spend it on whatever they need to do for their business. Actually, the question is, and this is more of a personal question. Do you guys know exactly how money laundering works? Because the only explanation it's, I ever it's a, got It's was, a special washing machine. Right. No. <laughs> the only explanation I ever got was uh, from uh, Lethal Weapon 2. No, I'm like, I'm legitimately needing to know exactly how that how that all works. Because I'm like, You, you need I'm to know curious. it, huh? Yes. You need to know it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's got to know. He's got to know. Um, I, I got that meth lab going on um, oh, in the boy. outskirts of town. I'm going to Heisenberg this shit. Oh, boy. And I'm the teacher here. But uh... <laughs> so, anywho, he mentions that. Uh, and Widge I'm the evil does... mastermind here. Right. So, Widge mentions how Brandon must be one of those, quote, emotional types since he doesn't <laughs> talk much. Uh, or at least that's what his aunt used to say. <laughs> got nothing there. Just he's emotional. Think that's true? He's just socially mm. awkward. I mean, extremely. It, it could very well be he's he's on spectrum. Because I mean, he's not good at communicating or interacting, but goddamn, is he good at violence? <laughs> it crossed my mind earlier watching this that it's not impossible that Brandon might actually be on the spectrum. He is socially awkward, and he is really good at something. Like he's super into something that he's really good at. Mm-hmm. It just happens to be violence in this case. Right, right. It would it would make well, I don't know. Let's maybe something we could we could examine later as we go through and continue. Yeah, yeah, we could we could dig into it a little bit. Well, and I was pretty deep in the show when that crossed my mind. Yeah. So during the transaction, uh, Harry of all people comes in to collect the money, and which is like, hey, you guys need to catch up. Go catch up. Yeah, and he takes off. It's great. And Harry's looking sharp. Yes, we get a night on the town. Harry in his fancy new clothes takes Brandon to a local Mexican restaurant to meet some friends. People like Bob, who is a rail thin dude with a bow tie eating chicken legs at a Mexican restaurant. It's fine, whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bob Poundmax, voiced by Doug Stone, credited as David Orozco. Yes, and we I, I, also again with the bad names. Yes. Yes. We also meet Ballad Bird Lee Esquire, or Esquire. just known as Lee. Who's yep. voiced by Steve Bloom. Yeah. But. Oh, did he have a name too? He's credited as Andrew Watton. Yeah, I was about to say, he sounds a lot like he's trying to hunt down a bunch of wolves. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is this is definitely still very early in Bloom's uh, uh, career. And we had mentioned this uh, earlier when we were first talking about the series that a lot of the voice actors were under different names and it was because of this, that, or the other reason. Um, yeah. It said Steve Bloom was um, at this. And I learned this actually at a panel at anime Iowa that he used different uh, names because he was trying to get into like more of like pro- uh, a producer role, uh, that mm-hmm. sort of thing uh, for like live action. Films. Yeah. So he sense. wanted to use Steve Bloom. Yeah. As distance his, himself. Well, well for, for his pr- producer talents and everything yeah. else. Yeah. But seemed to work out for him this way. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, God, he's like a freaking god amongst the, uh, uh, you know, anime fans. Yeah. Lee uh, is a no-eye, Brock Suave-looking motherfucker. Um, Brock Suave. He's, Again, he's got, that could be a name in this anime. That Brock Suave could be a name. <laughs> Brock Suave is my new D&D character. Brock Suave, uh, huh? Brock Suave. Nice. And they talk about the organization over dinner. Um, it seems to be that Lee's the only one eating. But anywho, uh, they talk about Big Daddy. Lee's the only one Lee eating. is not the only one eating. Oh, sorry, he sorry. I meant that. I meant Bob. that Bob. I meant Bob. Bob seems is to be the, the only, only one eating. eating. What yes, about that's Bob? Why, that's and I, I think at this say. point they say something about Bob never puts on a pounder or anything. Yeah, more on that he, later. He, he, talks, he talks about how scrawny guys are the biggest eaters, but he's taking it too far is, is what Harry says about, about Bob. Yes. So they talk about the organization, Big Daddy, the Inner Circle. As usual, Harry seems very set on rising up in the ranks. Right. Well, he he also talks about stuff like, you know, I just saw a check for $10 million like it was nothing. Or $10 million, you Like it was nothing. Uh, so the next day, Widge comes into work all serious. He's all business. Someone stole from a nearby warehouse, and their job is to take back what was stolen. And my first thought, which th- this question is answered later in the episode, but my first thought is... This seems a little strange for these guys to have to go do. This seems like outside of their normal job description. Yeah, going going and loan sharking and doing a shakedown for money. Sure, yeah, that's fine. Restoring the stolen goods? That's out of nowhere. It's well, that guy suspect. called it. That guy called in sick. Yeah, apparently. So, two morons with a ton of gold and jewels spilling out of a travel bag start laughing loudly in their underground hideout, but then they hear footsteps, and it's Widge who comes out and almost gets knifed before Brandon steps out of the shadows and just gives him a little squeeze. Puts the squeeze right. on him, as it were. Puts a, he squeezes him. Well, you know, here, here's my thought, right? These gives two are... Hand, he gives like, him yeah, a handshake. Yeah, yes. we're going to get out of town tomorrow and, and sell it there. And, and all the while I'm thinking, why are you still in town now, you moron? Yeah, they're bad. They're terrible. Uh, these robbers are idiots, but Widge makes them feel momentarily relieved when he's like, hey, we'll just pretend this heist never happened. It's going to be fine. They're like, whew, thank God. And yeah, then he draws a gun and he's yeah. like, yeah, because you don't exist anymore. And then four gunshots later, they get their items back. I got to I gotta say that one of the best moments, um, and I think it's rather subtle, but one of the better moments here is he's holding the gun and these two guys are whimpering. And I mean, it could have been like really, but it's more like, you know, like, like it felt real to me. It felt mm-hmm. like a couple of kids that got in over their head and now they can't get out of it. It's just, it's gut wrenching, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So they put the professional squeeze on them until they felt relieved. Uh, okay. You got to pay extra for that. Uh, so, <laughs> so which, which well, reassures extra. with their lives. Which reassures Brandon that like, Hey dude, this is kind of what millennium does. And, this is another sweet moment where one of the few sweet moments we're getting a lot of these in the anime where Widge goes home and Widge's mom was waiting up for him and he's like, "Mom, it's okay. Let's get you back to bed." Like I was just out late working, and it's just such a sad and sweet moment. Well, it really helps to create reasons why people do stuff like this, and that even a guy like Widge, who's clearly doing this so that way he can care for his mother, yeah, still takes it. And 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 Gary brings it up even. That he took it on himself. Yes, he does on the drive home. Yep. To kill the kids. Yeah. Oh, you're going to bring that up? Yeah. No, sorry. That, no, you're fine. Uh, he, he does. He brings it up. He basically says, like, like this is how, this is the kind of person that Widge is. He's, 
he didn't want us to be the ones that have to do this. He took it upon himself because he's in charge. But think about it, too, from from the other perspective of which is probably the one with the most to lose mm-hmm. because he's got somebody that cares for him. They don't really know about Maria. They don't really know all that much about about uh, Brandon's relationship with Harry. Even if they knew about Maria, what are they going to do about it? Right. Yeah, exactly. But, but at the same time, though, which is the one that ha- is the most to lose if it ever comes back on him? You know, they right. could have passed it off on Gary, who clearly does not have any real ties. Mm-hmm. Or Brand or Brandon, who's a who could be a dumb kid. No, he takes it on himself. What that tells you what type of person Widge is. Widge is just a freaking. He's he's awesome. I like Widge. Yeah, I like Widge too. I, he's a good character. We'll uh, we'll see how much more we see of him as we go on. I think this episode might be one of the early points where we. I think a lot of this anime uh, really centers around leadership. Okay, what makes a good leader? What makes the right leader? you know, taking responsibility and, and doing what you don't want to have your underlings do, or a bad leader who... Who won't get his hands dirty. Right. Or I don't want to say too much of a spoiler, but I think that is a theme in the show, is leadership. Yeah, hmm. I think that's definitely no, a, I think a that, that's theme a of the show. that's a fantastic thing uh, to point out, yeah. So back at his apartment, Brandon finds his front door is open, and he's expecting some sort of bad thing to happen, but it's only Harry, who laments how Brandon is doing such a such menial work, such such work that's below him as being part of the organization. Apparently it was Harry that gave him that job, though, we find out here. And so now that he's dealt with that, he can recommend to his higher-ups, like, hey, I've got a guy who could definitely join what we're doing. He's far more capable than you're giving him credit for. Let me, right. let me vouch, you know, he, he essentially set up the audition that, yep. in his mind, thinks that Brandon completed without question, you know? Right. And and at that, this is interesting. I think this is really kind of interesting of looking at their dynamic between the, the two of these individuals. You know, Brandon is doing this not for the fame, not for the money, not for power. He's doing it to be around and close to the people that he loves and he cares about. And at this, you know, he, you have Harry, who's the opposite. He's like, he, he, he desires money and power and influence. And he's, you know, he kind of expects like, hey, I did this thing for you. Great, you're going to get power too. And Brandon is less than enthused. He's kind of just like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. That's a fair point, honestly. I, you know, the the juxtaposition uh, between Brandon and Harry, how they really are opposites to one another. Oh, yet, you know, maybe maybe a good. I was going to say earlier, there's a there's very much a mirror dynamic between uh, Harry and Brandon. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Harry name drops Maria again, saying like, "You do know she's part of the organization." I can't tell if Brandon actually knows that or not, but he, he does like kind of gasp and like, <gasps> either I didn't know that or, or how did you know that I was, I knew about Maria, but either way, he essentially perks up and Harry says like, here, here's the address to her school. Don't do anything stupid. She's living with big daddy. And so what does Brandon do? He does something, so something stupid. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> something stupid. Yep. He goes right to the school, mm-hmm. calls out her name. She drops her books, calls out his name. They approach one another dramatically, and that's the end of the episode. All right. I guess it's time to talk about thoughts on episode yeah. five. Millennium. It's your, it's your episode, dude. It's true. Uh, I liked it. I, I, I think both these episodes work really well together. The idea of the aftermath of the funeral and seeing, um, you know, like them struggling in episode four to figure out what to do next. And episode five kind of shows some of the aftermath of where they ended up. And then once again, there's this idea of it setting us up maybe for more. Right, like that they're going to leave this behind and continue to work up that ladder 
episode by episode. I like the world building. I like the introduction of the new characters. I like seeing more about Millennium, which is this more nebulous sort of thing until now that we start to see more of those concrete pieces kind of moving. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed this episode. Bill, what are your thoughts? I tend to agree. I think it was a very good episode. Like you said, very good world building. Maybe not the most exciting. You know, this one doesn't have the the huge set piece battles or anything, but right. Yeah, it's a necessary episode. Probably not one to watch by itself to see if you like this anime. Yeah, yeah. This anime so far has been that way. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, if you're watching it in order, watch this one for sure. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, this is this is fantastic, and I think this is like one of the biggest strengths of especially the first half or so of the series is the world building, but it take and how it takes its time to develop everything. It develops your characters. It develops your setting, your world. It does not rush itself and instead feeds you just a bunch of exposition. So that way you could get to the next over the top battle. Yes, there will be over the top battles, but right now the series is taking its time to create, construct a narrative, actually mm-hmm. cr- construct reason beyond, you know, a flashy looking character to care about these these characters to, to care, you know, and even the side characters like Witch and Gary, mostly Witch, but but Gary too. Gary Gary endears himself pretty fast with being kind of a a comic relief there. It, it goes to show that these creators really had a plan in mind when they went and took adapted a video game known for bombastic action and went, no, we're gonna we're gonna do a slow story first. Mm-hmm. We're gonna tell this story. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. I appreciate it. And uh, and I'm going to say this probably, you know, numerous times. This series is a great example of what the genre, what this form, this art form is capable of, um, especially early on. Um, and this, yeah, these two episodes, perfect example of that. Yep. I, I never felt when, when I first watched the series and really started buying the DVDs and watching them on, on the regular, I never felt cheated out of the cool action stuff because... It was replaced by fantastic storytelling, great world building, awesome characters. I mean, even the villains you get to care for, you know, later on, you know, especially when they become, when some of these characters become dark and creepy assholes, you still care about them. It's yeah. amazing. They're sympathetic. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Sorry, I'm going to sing no, the praises of this no, series each episode. <laughs> no, you're, it's, you have the right to. It's good. It's well written. Uh, and if you are listening along and you have not, uh, you're not, not given this a, a chance because it's one of those like obscure early, er, early aught, uh, aughts obscure titles, then do yourself a favor. Go watch it. I think you'll honestly enjoy this, you know, just because it's not a Naruto or, uh, you know, even something like super popular, you know, nowadays it, it's not, go revisit this, is, it. this is not a, my hero academia. This is not no. a demon hunter. This is not, um, rising of the shield hero or right. anything like that. Um, yeah, this is still criminally underrated series. I agree. Criminally I agree. underrated. But I'm bump. All right. We're gonna, I think it's about time. We wrap it up. Next time, we'll be back with at least episode six, which is titled Big Daddy. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, oh my. Uh, But, yeah, (laughs) Bill, I think it's about time to go. This has been Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three dudes in their 30s talk about anime. And I have a strange name for a guy who's all cool and calm. I'm Bill. 
My table manners are, have always been somewhat spectacular. I'm Josh. And we quiet types are the most emotional of all. I'm going to go cr either cry or laugh and jump for joy. I don't know. Future Andy will know. That's my name, too. It's Andy. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. I don't know why you even do these. The music always got fun. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Check out our YouTube channel and our new series, Tuning RPG, by searching for Tuning Japanese or Tuning RPG on YouTube.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Seriously, be like these great patrons. Superfan Matt, Brian Nash, and Cameron Baer. Which means Anthony blew 30,000 on this race. He'll be calling any second now. There he is. Hey, new face. Tell him we'll on him as much as he wants. Well, say something, will ya? Good afternoon. No! Oh, you idiot! How many times do I have to tell ya? The racing phone's on the right! The middle one's for black market stuff, and the one on the left is for internal use! Why don't you say something? I'm sorry. Uh, do you Name's understand Brandon what Hida. I've been telling you? Strange you name for a guy who's so cool and calm. Can't you even say hello or yes when you pick up the phone? You're really Talk beginning to, to piss me off, you know that?